Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. Today, I'm joined by an amazing guest, but before I introduce them to you, I want to ask that you please like and subscribe below. That way, we can continue to bring you these incredible stories, and if you're already liked and subscribed to our channel, we thank you for all of your support. Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm here with producer Chad. Today we're doing something a little bit different for our episode, something that we feel we need to do. We want to acknowledge some people and thank some people and, and give a little bit of breakdown of what happened with the Boulder shooting. It was an incident that uh, is very, very unfortunate. This is interesting for you, emotional for you, because you know a lot of these people who uh, responded. I think it's just, again, our duty having Boulder in our backyard that, that we need to pay tribute to this. Absolutely. Um, and as you said, I, I do know several of the law enforcement officers that responded um, from some of the different agencies. And I've had a chance to talk to a couple of them. Uh, some of them even reached out today, uh, which we're actually filming this um, on Tuesday, um, the day that, uh, that Officer uh, Tally, that's the only name we'll, we'll mention, uh, was laid to rest. And so... Um, you know, pretty emotional day. Um, you know, a lot of these men and women responded to this, you know, selflessly. Um, law enforcement officers from all around the area literally dropped what they were doing, loaded up patrol cars, and ran as quickly as they could into a situation that, you know, they had very little information on. Um, I'm sure it was chaotic. And, you know, I think sort of after the incident, it's important to acknowledge not just the the response, but the effects that it has on those officers now a week past. And um, that's really what I want to focus on today is how this incident is affecting those re first responders, obviously the community of Boulder, all the people that were in that King Supers, around that King Supers, um, you know, have been affected by this tragedy. Uh, you know, Officer Tolly is, is, you know, the one that we're mentioning by name, but certainly not the only victim in this. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, his... His services have received national attention, but there's, you know, nine other lives that equally deserve that same respect and, and attention um, for, for their sacrifice. So, You know, I, I want to throw one thing in. Today I was uh, watching, I, I saw a video on the Internet because the police officer <clears throat> with the uh, um, George Floyd case was on, and they showed a video of him, and he was, you know, had a knee on his head and mm -hmm. neck and so on and so forth, and... You know, I mean, the video, it, uh, it looked poor. I thought it was, in, it was bad. And, uh, but there's a whole other side of law enforcement. And that's what we saw here, is yeah. everybody came to the, to the rescue. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's what saddens me a lot of times is that all of a sudden there's this movement. They want to defund the police. They want to do, you know, police are all bad. They're all are terrible or what have you. And, 
It really is. It's a really sad day for all kinds of stuff. I mean, here we are. There's two. There's one guy does one thing, and I and I can't judge. I don't know the whole story, but right. just the video that I saw didn't look good. But then you got all these guys that you know that rushed in to save anyone and everyone they could, right. and that's frustrating to me when you see that. It's like all these unbelievably heroic people, and it's one guy, and you, and it's now it kind of becomes that. Well, but that's. I mean, that's the. That's the culture we live in, right? It's easy to focus on the negative and not on, especially when it comes to law enforcement. This isn't anything new. I mean, it's been like this since I was in law enforcement, um, you know, 20 plus years ago. And even before then, you know, we always said when I became a, when I became a cop, the, the joke was, if you want to be liked, be a firefighter. Right. Because everybody loves firefighters. When, when the cops show up, nobody wants you there. (laughs) Except for a situation like this, yeah. right? What's really cool, though, is to see the outpouring of support that that the the community is giving, uh, the nation is is giving to law enforcement um, in the wake of of the tragedy. Uh, I can tell you today, watching the the procession, it was the longest funeral procession for a fallen officer I'd ever seen. Uh, it went, I think I heard estimates that it went for seven miles. Um, you know, the, the main highway that, that it went down was lined with support from, you know, uh, citizens and, and, you know, any, anybody and anybody that, that could be there or wanted to be there was there showing support and, I, and respect. And I thought that was really cool. You know, on behalf of Truth Talks, you, you did a video and, uh, man, it was emotional. Um, it, the kids sitting there holding the the sign and oh man i just it, yeah it was just it was soul crushing man it was i'll tell you it was it was an interesting morning um i showed up obviously i i had some inside information as as far as when things were supposed to get going and kind of where i wanted to set up and along the route and i had no idea who these people were but i'll tell you it was bitterly cold this morning i mean just bone chilling cold. And <clears throat> I set up in the area that I thought was, you know, where I wanted for some different reasons. And I happened to see this family. Um, and I, I couldn't help but, but get them on, on video. And they were super gracious to allow me to do that. And uh, I'll tell you, filming that though was very emotional. Um, because obviously this family has law enforcement connection. And they were there showing their support. And, you know, I don't know how old that kid was. I don't know. He's probably eight, yeah, seven, eight right. years old. Uh, his sister was there, his mom. And I couldn't help but think as I was filming that what must run through a, a kid like that's mind is they're watching uh, a police officer being uh, laid to rest. And to think that that could have been their dad, so that was tough. Yeah, it, it, <clears throat> the the amount of support and and stuff that that you captured on video was amazing. And that you know that's the thing I guess that again you know anybody nobody's guaranteed tomorrow, but those guys they put it at risk that there's no guarantee tomorrow. Well, and, you know it's we you were talking about the the defund the police and the and the George Floyd thing that happened. You know what? Now it's been ten months, nine months, whatever it was. Um, June, I believe it was, or, or May last year. Um, 
you know, the sentiment that, that, and it wasn't everybody, but, you know, certainly there was a, a movement um, that was very anti-law enforcement. And so to see all that support today was, was really powerful. Um, but I also think it, you know, kind of illustrates that law enforcement as a whole is good. But it's a it's a ungodly thankless profession, you know, and, and we look at all the officers that responded, men and women, and you know, we're we're focusing sort of on law enforcement. Let's not forget though, there were uh fire rescue people uh that responded. And a lot of people may not understand or know that in a case like that, a lot of times uh, the fire department, the, because of the, their trucks and the ability to use those vehicles as cover and stuff, firefighters are put every bit in, in harm's way and, and do every bit of the heroic job in that situation as law enforcement does. So, you know, while, you know, we thank our, our brothers and sisters in law enforcement for, for what they did and for their response, I want to also acknowledge that, that, you know, there was, there were others involved as well. And, um, but, you know, every day you strap on that uniform, you strap on that badge, you strap on, you know, that gun and, and all the tools that you take with you to work. And I think in the back of your mind, you know, there's a chance, you know, that something bad could happen. You know, I think you do sort of, you get a little lethargic, you know, because every shift, nothing happens means the next shift, you're like, eh, it didn't happen, you know, and so you never know when it will. Till it does. You know, one one of the other thing that we certainly can't let go of, we, we mentioned this and we talked about this off camera, but you know, there's gonna be a lot of heroes that that surface. Um, the workers in the store probably getting people out. Yep. Um again, <clears throat> you and I had talked about before and I don't know if this is appropriate time or not, but you know, I, I thought about this a lot and I thought to myself, you know what? If I, I carry a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I, I ran through the scenario in my head. I don't think you ever know what you're exactly going to do. But the scenario in my head, uh, obviously, maybe you being law enforcement would have had a different reaction to me. But I thought, you know, if the guy's in the back, I'm getting my family out. If my family's mm-hmm. in there, I'm getting out, right? right? And maybe even if it's just me, I'm getting out so that I get to live another day with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think I would feel guilty about that. But I also thought about it at the same time if I was face-to-face with a guy... Well, now it, it's it's mono a mono. I'm going to be shooting back because I have no other option right. at that point. And I think a lot of people, you know, they think they're cowboys and they're going to strap up and go back there. And I don't know that to be the case. Um, yeah. But when you're in blue and you have a badge, you're going in. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. And I think you make a really great point is, um, you know, we're both obviously, you know, pro-Second Amendment, you know, people's ability and right to, to – carry concealed firearm legally. And but nobody knows how you're going to react in that situation. The only people that truly know how they're going to react are law enforcement professionals yeah. because you know they haven't been you haven't necessarily been trained in that specific thing, but certainly training provides you um, the ability to learn how to react and and train to react in that type of a situation. So you know how you're going to react responding to that situation. What you don't know is how you're going to react after that situation is done. And that's what we're starting to see now. 
is, you know, we had a friend of, a friend of ours, a, a kid, a guy I grew up with, Vinny Montez, um, on, uh, in the first season, right? Vinny's a commander with Boulder County. He, he was part of the response team. And we know from Vinny's story the mental health aspect that these calls have on law enforcement officers. And we have to remember, we ask them to do a very, you know, a very, at times, heroic job, and more often than not, a very thankless job. But they're human beings too, right? They're trained to react, and that's exactly what they did. But they are human beings. They have families. They have, you know, all the things that we all have. We shouldn't expect that they wouldn't also then have the same post-traumatic problems that any of us would have. I mean, think about the people that were just in that grocery store and the trauma that they probably are going through. I mean, what's, I, I would venture to say there are some that were inside that King Supers that may never be able to go back into a King, you know, to a grocery store, um, or even even not even just a King Supers. It may just be any type of, of retail establishment because it's going to bring that those things back. You know, how how are they going to react during something as as you know for granted as uh, the Fourth of July and fireworks? You know, those sights, those sounds. Uh, the smells, all those things may may be triggers for them as 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 they go forward in life, and so for them, they're going to face a new reality and they're going to face some problems with you know with mental health or health that the law enforcement officer responded are going to face. Um, well, you know, we also did you know Pat Long, mm-hmm. guys tough as nails, was in was in a uniform for what thirty some years, yeah, and very close to the end of his career, he gets shot. And he was talking about, you know, needing, needing to talk to people, yeah. needing to be around some people and all that. So, yeah, I think the you're right. And, and I know you're going to share some things, too, for people that they can talk to somebody and, and get that. Yeah, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just on here to, to tell a story or, or, you know, certainly not to try to glorify or... or um, you know, do this for our own our own benefit. This is we chose to do this today because we see a need for it. Um, because of you know my background, the friends that we have in law enforcement, and how you as a doctor in your experience know this is going to affect them. And just as our mantra is right, truth talks. We heal people through story. Pat Long's story is one that fits into this perfectly where somebody that watched that story, if you're a law enforcement officer and you watch Pat's story, you under, you'll understand why you need to get help. Even yeah. if you don't think you need it, why you should get it. Seek it out. Seek it from your, from your commanders, you know, your, your chiefs, your, your sheriffs, your chaplains, whoever it is. Seek out that help because you will need it. The reason that we run True Talks is, is for the stories. It's ironic enough that we're now running this show when we did have an officer who was shot mm-hmm. and who lived and got to talk about what that was like post-shooting and all the things that happened and the chaos around it. And I think sometimes what happens is these events happen. We focus on on you know the victims. We focus on some other things, but we don't end up focusing on that mental health at the end of it. No, and you know, unfortunately, and you know, this this may rub some people the wrong way, but 
the knee-jerk reaction after any one of these events is, you know, by our elected officials is immediately it's a gun control problem. And while, you know, even though I support the Second Amendment, and I do think that there are some smart gun control things that could be in place, they don't prevent these crimes. It doesn't. This is a mental health issue. And it wouldn't matter if it was a firearm, if it was a plane flown into a building, a car. When you hit that point in, in, in mental health, that you wake up one morning and you're okay with with massacring one person, five people, ten people, whatever it is, the tool is irrelevant. Because if that's your thought process, you're going to carry it out, whether it's with a firearm or something else. So to think that that gun control is the answer, um, all you're really doing is is depriving law-abiding citizens of, of that right to potentially protect themselves or others. But you're certainly not taking the guns out of the hands of a criminal. So mental health needs to be the focus. And it's, it's like a two-pronged thing, right? We have mental health for those that are the ones subject to committing this crime. And then we have the mental health for the ones that have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they're two totally separate things. But I think we both would agree that the mental health system is, is where we need to be focused. Yeah, 100%. I mean, these... Behavioral issues, of course, that's the that's the focus of what I did, right? I've studied this now for two decades. Yep. And, and you do all these interviews, thousands and thousands of interviews that I've done, and you realize that people just react differently to everything, right? And you're, you're dead on. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Quite honestly, how you see these things throughout time, throughout history, and throughout what I call data points. Nobody likes data points because data points tell the truth. Right. And truth is sometimes painful because we do want to blame somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And what happens in a shooting is it's always the thing, right? If they didn't have the gun, they wouldn't have done it. Well, history has shown you don't need a gun to kill a lot of people. Right. There's all types of aggressive behaviors, but you are 100% true. It's mental illness. No one wakes up and says, I think I'm going to go murder 10 people today unless they are sick. Right. They have some sort of problem. What we also do here at Truth Talks is we don't talk about stuff subjectively uh, from things that we may have heard. Facts are we still don't know what all's gone on. Correct. And so you can't jump to any conclusions. We can't jump to any conclusions. But we can certainly, without any type of reservation, say this guy had a mental illness. And that, in fact, is what caused this thing to go on, Right. right? Well, they've reported. I mean, there there were there were red flags all over his social media and his family and stuff. And so, you know, the in a, the inaction of anybody to uh, try to get him help or to notify somebody to say, you know, this guy's you know potentially um, a threat, led to this. And so, you know, yes, he used a firearm, and but. It, it's not the firearm's fault, right? The firearm didn't wake up one morning that morning and say, I think this is what I should do. That's a hard sell to a lot of people. It is. It's a hard sell. Um, it, you, you can't sell them on it uh, simply for the fact that they just believe that if there were no guns, none of this would happen. And I, I don't know 
I don't know what to say about that other than it just isn't supported by science. It isn't supported by data at all. So I don't know where you go with that. But I will say this, and this is something that I'll leave the end. I'll give you the last word. But I, I do want to say this. It is a million or billion times easier to turn in, including a family member, a spouse, um, a friend, that you believe is capable of doing something like this, especially if you know they bought a gun or if they've gotten fertilizer or if they've gotten whatever it may be to make a bomb, what have you. It's a million times easier to turn them in to save a life than, than it is to have this happen and have to react to post. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. That's probably a tough thing to do. But I think... You know, we're okay with all the other bullshit that, that we're doing as a, as a culture with, you know, you know whatever it is. We, we don't need to get into it. But, you know, we know all the rhetoric that, that's going on out there. But yet, you know, this could have been prevented had somebody just potentially raised a flag. And so... It is what it is. But you know what? I think, again, we want to end this podcast tell uh all the victims all their family that you know we're praying for them uh horrible situation uh uh, to the officer terrible situation to his family uh to those that were around him knew him to people that were in the store to everyone who responded um it's a tough tough day for everyone um but uh, everybody's in our thoughts and prayers and and it does kind of make me angry when people say when are you going to be done with thoughts and prayers never Thoughts and prayers will all be around forever because there's somebody that's going to heal from it. Well, there's one thing we've learned from almost every story we've ran, and that is the power of faith and the belief that, you know, no matter what happens on the physical, you know, planet Earth, there is eternal life if that's what you believe. And so I think, you know, that's it's a message that's come out through many of our stories, and I think in this case it's it's one to keep in mind. It doesn't immediately solve the the grief and the sorrow and the sadness and the loss but it's it it is something to remember you know and with that you know it's important also to think there's 10 victims but there's hundreds if not thousands of people that this has immediately impacted and i think one of the one of the ways that people can help is you know there's there's several funds that have been set up and we'll post those um in the in the text of the post uh, for this for this episode, if you would you know if you want to give if you can give, um, you know there there's some ways to help out those families. Um, otherwise, you know check out your local or national mental health uh, programs. Maybe maybe there's something that that we can do there as well. I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but there's an organization called uh, Tunnels to Towers. And it's an organization to help first responders um, after after a tragic situation, and they paid off Officer Tally's uh, mortgage for him. So yeah, which was awesome. So yeah, anybody out there listening, you know, I just again keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers. If you can help out, uh, producer Jazz is going to post all that stuff. Yep. Um, let's just do our part. Yep. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.